in the bottom of the eighth. Ian Kinsevich has been dealing today. But how about Eric Reardon's last inning of work? Reardon, the Peacocks looked like they had no chance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our JBS Jersey Baseball Show TGIM episode for this week. We are uh, thankful that it is another great Monday. We are talking to, we've just finished the first weekend of D1 baseball. We're leading into uh, Rutgers Newark's opening weekend, and we've got Rutgers Newark assistant coach. It's a little weird to say assistant coach now, um, but Eric Reardon is with us today. And uh, who better to talk? Rutgers and Rutgers, uh, Rutgers Newark and Rutgers New Brunswick baseball than uh, the man who was born bleeding scarlet and black, no doubt still does. And uh, the good news is still gets to wear the uh, the R hat this year, but in a different role. Welcome, Eric, and uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Mike. It's been my uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to get a chance to uh, to, you know, answer some questions and give you the inside scoop on uh, what my baseball story has been so far. So just uh, real thankful for the opportunity. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So we're, we're talking to somebody, as I said, uh, bled scarlet and black since since birth, literally born right down the street from uh, from Rutgers University, St. Peter's Hospital. Um, parents, mom, uh, graduate of Rutgers, father, still the uh, the voice of Rutgers inside the uh, the arena at the rack for for a number of different sports, um, equipment manager for the baseball team for a couple of decades. Maybe we got the wrong Reardon on, I guess. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> but we'll do all right with you too, I think. Yeah, um, don't don't tell my dad that because he might want to jump on that opportunity. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't yeah. think we can hold his stories to thirty minutes or less. Is the <laughs> the, the problem? But but uh. You know, in a different role now. After five years on the on the baseball team at New Brunswick, you're you're coaching now with with uh, Rutgers Newark coach Connor Cortman's uh, you know young and 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 exciting uh, staff. Tell us what we're looking at this year with opening week or opening day just a few days away. Yeah, um, you know what we uh, what we talk about a lot in the coach's office is you can go online and look at our record from last year and see that it wasn't uh, it wasn't up to anybody's expectation so definitely a new culture this year trying to build a strong foundation for the season we have ahead of us now and then jumping forward um, trying to cement ourselves into a pretty pretty nationally strong conference in the end jack so we're up against some really solid competition and it's our job you know we've been tasked with getting these guys up to that standard um, in Newark. So it's a, it's definitely a challenge for us, but it's exciting as a young coaching staff to have such a, such big shoes to fill and uh, you know, lofty heights to reach for. And I, I have no doubt right now that our guys are moving in that right direction. While you were at Rutgers, while you're pitching, you know, obviously so focused on the program there, the big 10, did you get a full understanding of really how good the NJAC is? I know you you 
probably been connected enough through the baseball warehouse, through your, your work there, and, and obviously know the programs in the state, but you have an even better appreciation now of what, uh, what NJAC baseball is all about. For sure. I mean, um, growing up playing for Joe Augustine, I always knew how good Kane was because he never, uh, he never missed an opportunity to remind me. And uh, obviously the past four years now, watching my brother play uh, up at Newark and following the NJAC through him, was it was you know impossible not to take notice of how good NJAC baseball was, but now being inside of it and having that experience personally, you see uh, you know even going around to showcases and going to camp, seeing how hard these coaches recruit, how hard those guys work, and then you know to see how good their baseball teams are from an insider's perspective instead of from the outside looking in. It's definitely been impressive. Yeah, so let's the the transition from from player Eric Reardon to coach Eric Reardon um, happened pretty instantly. Tell us that that story, how it happened. And, uh, and let's start with that. So it's, it's really cool for me to talk about. I was in April and May of last year. I was, you know, I knew that my college graduation was coming up and I was just going around interviewing for corporate America type jobs, the way any kid in his last semester of college would. And, the, you know, interviews were going well. I had some opportunities there. And then one day I get a call from Connor Cortman asking if, uh, if I'd like to fill his open GA position and uh, he wasn't going to have another pitching coach. So I would get to be the pitching coach and pursue my master's degree at the same time. And as soon as I got that phone call, you know, I told him, let me talk to my parents about it. Let me figure some stuff out. But as soon as I hung up the phone, I knew exactly what I was going to do. It just was too good of an opportunity for me to pass up. That's right. You didn't really need to talk to your parents on this one. I'm sure that it was more like, was it more like telling them this is what you wanted to do? Or It was a little bit of that and a lot of just masking my excitement. I didn't want to sound too much like That's a kid right. in the candy store. I wanted to, you know, sound like, uh, you know, like that disciplined guy the pitching coach is supposed to be. So I had That's to right. take a couple of deep breaths before I got back to him. That's right. Now, uh, yeah, you've got the, the interesting, you know, aspect of not just going right into coaching, but, you know, going right into coaching and your brother is a senior on staff, Danny Reardon. Um, what's it like having the opportunity to be around that close for his senior year? But also, you know, it's it's kind of a, a challenge, I guess, at some points to to be a coach for, you know, a, a, a your brother, but be guys you're that close to age-wise. How have you been able to manage that? What's really exciting for me about coaching my brother is that it's a uh, not that I was his coach growing up but we always bounced ideas off each other we talked pitching we talked baseball we went to hit together we went to throw together we went to the weight room together so that dynamic hasn't really changed it's just that now he gets to call me washed up so so in that regard I'm sure it's a it's more fun for him but you know, coaching guys, coaching guys so close to my own age, I think the relatability factor of being a coach is really important. And um, as much as it's not about me, so I'm not, I don't love talking about myself. But when I can bring up, these are the experiences that I've had. These are the things that I've went through when I was in a similar situation. I think for those guys, it it strikes home a little bit. At least I hope it does, because they know it's not like I'm a you know, even legends of the game that are 60 years old, 70 years old coaching baseball. When you talk about here's how it was back in my day, it's hard for that to hit home. And I think my guys are my guys work hard. And then on top of that, when I have to, you know, when I have to tell them, listen, when it gets tough, this is how I 
was able to handle it, they realized that that means eight months ago. So I yeah. think that relatability where, you know, this is how it goes in the game today is something that's been valuable for me so far. Yeah. Now, now part of your, your coaching experience as well, you know, through the baseball warehouse, you mentioned Joe already. Um, but how has that kind of opened your eyes? You know, obviously it's not the same as being an assistant coach with a, a college program, but, you know, as far as helping to shape your philosophy of, of how you deal with situations and how you deal with players. What's really cool for me at the baseball warehouse is I get to teach and learn at the same time. So I do, I coach our 2025 high school team. I coach those guys, really solid group of young players we have there. I get to work with the guys at their strength and conditioning and their lifts every once in a while, a couple times a week. And then I do lessons every day of the week. I'm in there giving pitching and hitting lessons. So I get to see what each kid needs individually. And then if I can handle that with the 25, 30 guys that I do those individual lessons with, I'm taking a piece from each of them and I get to kind of mold that into the best formula that, you know, I can portray personally. But, if you know, the little bit of information that I gain from every guy makes me better as a coach. And I just hope that I'm helping them as a player as much as they're helping me craft my game from the coaching side. Definitely. Now, uh, again, it's opening weekend coming up next weekend for, for Rutgers Network. We'll give you a few seconds to uh, hype some of the uh, arms on staff this year, some of the things that you've seen from guys. And, uh, you know, who, uh, who should we keep our eyes on? Uh, we have a we have a pretty small pitching staff this year, so it's going to be interesting for us to see how we can uh, we can get through, you know, all these innings of I think we have 38 games on the schedule. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun challenge for us to try to overcome and just see how well we can handle it. Um, I got to plug my brother, Danny Reardon. He's going to be one of the starters for us. Um, we have uh, we have a pretty strong arm. Uh, another senior, Marcus James from South Brunswick. Mm -hmm. um, uh, at the back end of our bullpen, we have freshman Vince Taylor. He's a submarine guy, righty, throws pretty hard from underneath there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's only nine of them, ten of them. I'll give them all shout-outs at this point. Um, Starting-wise, it'll be Danny and Marcus. Colin Thompson, uh, sophomore from Wayne. Danny Green, sophomore from Central Regional. Um, bullpen guys, Roger D'Antoni, Spotswood, Matty Osterman from Toms River. Uh, Liam Winslow up there in, uh, in North Jersey. Justin Kahn, another North Jersey guy. And uh, if I'm leaving anybody off, I'm, I'm apologetic. We have Alex Kudo, another, uh, I think it's Pascac Hills guy, another bullpen guy for us. So, um, guys, if I left you off and you're watching this, then you can give me a hard time about it at practice. But I uh, <laughs> don't think it's because I forgot. Just think it's because I don't have my sheet in front of me right now. I don't get to see you guys. You're, you're old and washed up, and I didn't prepare you for the question. We can, we can absolutely blame me for that. Um, favorite part so far this year, and what's the biggest surprise from a coaching perspective or just from any perspective, you know, from, uh, from this season so far? Just how resourceful we have to be at, at this level. So obviously coming from New Brunswick, the resources we needed, the stuff that we wanted, to help us propel our game. Um, we were fortunate enough to just have them at our disposal. And what's been really cool for me uh, has been to see how, how 
we can continue to get better without having everything at our fingertips. We're, you know, as a, as a coaching staff, we've, we've been pretty creative. We've been pretty resourceful in using the spaces and the gear and the equipment that we have and just the ability to get the same type of results out of our practices as, you know, I think we practice at the same caliber that we did in New Brunswick when I was a player there. And to be able to do that with even the more limited resources that we have, surprising for sure, but also it's been pretty cool for me to watch and for me to be a part of. Yeah, so let's let's talk about Eric Reardon, the player, because it wasn't that long ago. We're not that washed up yet. Um, but, you know, how, you know, obviously growing up basically on campus, you know, you had the chance to be impacted by, you know, three great baseball minds as head coach in the in the Rutgers program you know first obviously the the legend um you know Fred Hill you know obviously in your your very in your earlier years but but certainly got to to see coach um you know you got to be around Moose uh, plenty of uh you know for and then uh Joe Letario uh replacing you know coach and I I, I guess Joe would have been the one who recruited you um yes. Yeah. yeah, if I if um my my aging and my timelines are right on the fly. And then obviously Coach Owens, you know, if you finishing out your career um playing for, for coach who's coming up on a thousand wins, you know. So I mean certainly his impact in the in the college game is is pretty evident. So I mean, you know, to to be around and, and learn from and be recruited by and play for guys like that, um, you consider yourself really fortunate, I guess incredibly fortunate incredibly fortunate um just to you know my story before you bring up any of the names is pretty cool where I you know I grew up a Rutgers fan my parents have been around the university and then it was really a dream come true coming out of high school to be able to go to New Brunswick and be a part of the team I grew up rooting for but then you start looking back on some of the names obviously coach Hill you know a legendary coach as as uh, hard nosed as he is didn't have to let you know a little guy run around in the dugout and you know feel like a part of the team and he did and he let me hang out with those guys and something I'm incredibly thankful for um, coach lit recruited me along with Tim Riley and Casey Gaynor gave me an opportunity to play division one baseball big 10 baseball at you know the only place I really wanted to go and then obviously Coach Owens coming in with his staff with uh, Brendan Monahan and Kyle Petteruto, those those guys have it figured out, man. That if that program you know wasn't headed in the right direction before, which I'd argue that it certainly was, now these guys are that that ship is full speed ahead in the right direction. I can't say enough good things about Coach Owens and Coach Monty and Kyle over there. So um, it's been you know I same thing is reflecting on how far I've come. It's just how fortunate was I through high school and college to be able to get recruited by this program and to be able to play for some pretty incredible coaches during my time there and then uh, you know the consideration I make from a coaching standpoint now is I was able to learn from a bunch of different minds growing up and then through my playing career so you know the the look I take on it now is I, I'm able to take ideas that I've learned from all of these amazing sources and kind of craft them into a style that fits me personally now and so I don't, you know, I don't know if uh, I'm worthy of it quite yet, but my ability to share the information that these guys have have uh, given out throughout their career and just kind of be an echo of their ideas is pretty cool for me. And just before we switch the topic here, as far as Rutgers coaches go, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Glenn Gardner, another Rutgers legend. 
we, we call him beef on campus um hitting legend Rutgers baseball legend um you know in that regard I was lucky enough that he's the guy I took my hitting lessons with growing up we spent hours in the cage together and then my first couple years on campus he was a coach on staff and uh, I'll still shoot him a call or a text every now and then he's just a he's an incredible guy incredible baseball mind yep you beat me to the question so that's that's good that's uh but you're right we we wouldn't be uh we would be remiss if we didn't bring up you know coach uh coach beef and uh that explains why you were such a good hitter in high school, I'm guessing, too. <laughs> Probably. I give him most of the credit. As you should. As you should. That's right. Um, so it's got to be cool. I mean, you know, because not you're not just an alum of, of the program now, which probably sounds weird, but you're also a true fan. And, and to see where the, you know, obviously last year was such a, rough ending because you know after the the Michigan and the Nebraska series and people are starting to say is this the year that Rutgers is in line for maybe an at-large bid even um but to to see how close last year was you know you know what's coming in recruit wise you got to figure it's gonna be pretty soon till till that uh you know for the revival to be complete right I mean they're the regional teams that you remember the the Todd Frazier's of the world you know, it's close to being there again, right? I, without a doubt, there's not a question in my mind. Um, for me personally, obviously, it would have been awesome in my last year, especially given all the COVID circumstances to make it to that regional. But, you know, with the future perspective in mind, we can't go back. We can't change that now. And I think it's important for those guys who are still there that they had that taste. We're a couple of weeks away from the end of the season and we're saying, holy cow, we might pull this thing off. And now this year, it shouldn't come as a surprise for them. They've been in that situation before. And when it comes time to turn that corner and uh, secure that bid or, you know, win the Big Ten Conference, those guys have been there and they know what it feels like to be so close and to have that slip away. So I don't, you know, with how competitive I know those guys are there and with the with the caliber of players that um, the team in New Brunswick has on their roster, I don't, uh, I don't see those guys missing that opportunity if it presents itself again. No, to be, to be a part of a, build and and maybe you didn't get a hundred percent of the storybook ending you got 99.9 percent .9 of it instead but to be a part of that building back towards ready to make that that final leap does that help because you know again obviously Rutgers Newark hasn't had the success of a, a Montclair or a William Patterson or a Kane or a Rowan you know or a TCNJ does that help you be able to instill that in the players that you know when we're all working towards that common goal it's possible I think so and I think um what was really valuable about coach Owens and coach Monahan and coach Pedarudo coming in was just a perspective shift I think in New Brunswick we were in a in a position where it was kind of like well where do we go from here and then those guys came in and said I'll tell you where we're going to go and it's going to be to the win column so to be able to have that perspective of, look, we don't have any different players. The roster looks exactly the same. And if we pull together and we work hard the way we're supposed to, we can accomplish some pretty incredible things. So to be able to see that work firsthand where, you know, I'm part of the cog spinning that wheel out of the bullpen is great. But then to be able to take that inspiration coaching wise and say, um, look at the talent that we have. And it's my responsibility now to turn that into W's and kind of 
flip the script in that regard. So it's, uh, it's cool to see that it can be done. And I hope that, you know, from my experience as a player, I can impart on my guys that I'm coaching now that just because the record went one way last year doesn't mean it's going to be the same way. And if it's up to us, it won't be. So as long as we keep that motivation and we keep that perspective, there's no reason we can't control our own destiny. Definitely. And high school ball, North Brunswick High School, uh, GMC Player of the Year 2015, back when they let you hit and, and pitch. And, uh, you know, tell us about the, the competitive, competitiveness of, of playing in the, the GMC and the, uh, the rivalries. Um, and also we'll, we'll drop our, uh, you know, starting with the, uh, the, the GMC, the, the baseball show every week starting uh, next month. Got to be a, that's that hopefully hopefully you're one of my uh, hopefully you're one of our uh, followers and listeners and, and, and watch the show. But tell us about uh, the excitement of, of GMC baseball. Yeah, I'll certainly uh, I'll certainly be following along for the GMC show. That's that's awesome to hear hear about that going on, and I'm excited to follow along. So you'll definitely have me as a listener for sure. Cool. Um, growing up playing in the GMC was was an interesting dynamic because when you're in it, you realized how many talented ball players there were in the conference. But it seemed like when it came to college recruiting back then, it was like an area that was slept on. So you know we had a ton of good names. Um, Harry Rakowski's a GMC guy. Robbie Pito is pitching with the Dodgers right now as a GMC guy. Eric Heater was at Rutgers with me for a couple of years. Brandon he was Belak. a GMC pitcher. Brandon Belak, another big baseball warehouse guy. The, the, list goes, the list goes on and on. James Ziembo went on and pitched at Duke. He was a GMC guy. I mean, if I started racking my brain for the names, I could go all day. But uh, just to see, we had to compete really hard against each other to kind of put ourselves on the map. But then we were competing every day to try to say, listen, like there's good baseball going on in this conference and we wanted other people to take recognition of it. So it was it was a cool kind of mix there where we were competing against each other. And it was kind of like we have to we're responsible for building the brand of the GMC statewide, too. From, from an outsider's perspective, it's always I get always. But the last 10, 15 years seemed like a pitching first conference. I always thought of, of the arms when I, when I thought of uh, GMC. Is that kind of the same way from the – now, of course, you might be a little biased being a pitcher first, but is that sort of the same way on the inside? Like, you know you're going to face a tough arm every day. I think in high school, it tilts that way regardless. So if, you, if you're a – you know, the – if you're a solid arm in high school, your dominance shows a lot more than if you're a really good bat, because it's really easy to pitch around a good bat if there's one or two of them in a lineup. But if you're a 90 mile an hour guy in high school, the, the hits against you are few and far between. So it might shift in that direction just by the, the nature of the beast. So you gave in, in 20 seconds, you gave me the best answer I think I've ever had to that question <laughs> and, and makes the most sense. That's that's how I know you're going to be a good coach. You Thank take, you. Appreciate it. Take that. the tough questions and give a simple, good answer. Um, growing up, Rutgers, you know, obviously your dad, you probably spent more miles per year of life than, than any person on campus, right? Given your, uh, you know, the amount of time spent in the rack, you could probably give tours of the place in your sleep, I guess. Yeah. Um, favorite memories pre-playing days, right? So the zero to, to age 17 of uh of being on campus in Rutgers sports 
Wow. Okay. So basically, stream of conscious here. You don't have to rank them. Just you know, yeah. they pop into your head. Um, winning the Big East tournament in uh, I think it was Keyspan Park back then in Coney Island, 2007. Uh, Todd Frazier hit a ball. There's a roller coaster on top of the scoreboard, and the guy has his hands up. Todd Frazier hit a ball through that guy's arms uh, <laughs> over the scoreboard. That was insane. Um, Todd hit a walk off against UConn where he was, you know, he was probably the fourth or fifth hitter up that inning and he had his bat. He must, he was like trying to get in the on-deck circle before his turn even came up. So you knew something good was going to happen uh, that same year. Um, a little bit unrelated, not game-wise, me and my brother, after, you know, after every game or practice in the summertime when we were around campus, we'd go play wiffle ball on the backcourt in the rack. And, you know, every couple, every couple of days, the guys would come up from practice and they'd play wiffle ball with us. So growing up, that was like the coolest thing ever as a kid was the Rutgers baseball players coming and playing wiffle ball with us. Um, certainly plenty of good memories at the rack. A um, lot of incredible teams rolling in there. Um, just being able to, growing up, sitting on the basket. So as much as I was a bat boy for the baseball team, my brother and I were ball boys for the basketball team. So those guys that come out with the mops um, during the timeouts and make sure the paint is sweeped and nobody's slipping on any sweat. So seeing that rack as a kid just sold out when, you know, incredible Big East basketball games were going on and being on court level. Um, that was that was really cool. So just, you know, not as much specifics in that area, but the the experience of getting that inside look at Rutgers athletics for as long as I could remember is just, you know, memories that I cherish. Being the fan that you are, right, they, the basketball team obviously got – should have broken the, the tournament streak during the COVID year, but to finally see them break through and get in and win the game in the NCAAs last year, I'm sure that was a uh, – meant more to you than most, I would think. Oh, it was awesome. I, uh, I didn't miss, I didn't miss a single game all year last year. Uh, every, every game day home or away, I always had my, I got one of those Jimmy V, um, your family, your religion and Rutgers basketball shirts. <laughs> and it was, it was every game day. So I really, you know, I really did turn it into a religion. Um, but yeah, just, and for my parents, especially, it's a pretty cool story. So they met in Atlanta the last time the men's team was in the NCAA tournament. So you know, to see, you know, it's kind of like storybook, like to see that, you know, the family they've built now and where we're at as a, as a crew here to be able to watch them take down Clemson in the first round just was a really special moment for us as a family. That's great. That's great. I guess we'll, we'll sum it up in a, with a, an impossible question, but I know you'll give your best to answer it. What has Rutgers meant to you and, and how, how much of a privilege is it for you to be able to now in, in this position at, at this school, be able to, to sell the vision of Rutgers, you know, even if it's Rutgers Newark, it's still all, all connected to, uh, to recruits. It Rutgers means everything to me. Um, growing up as a fan, which I know I've said a hundred times already, but um, being in it the way I was growing up, it was, you know, legends around me and coaching staffs and in players that went on to the NBA, WNBA, MLB, whatever it was, just to have those people as role models and examples set about, you know, what hard work looks like and what it takes to perform and succeed at that level was uh, not something I thought about then, but something I reflect on now and just can't express how valuable that was. 
And then it gave me an extra motivating factor when it was time to go to high school and get recruited. Um, I knew what it took and I wasn't, you know, there wasn't going to be anything that stood in my way. That was the goal that I was going to accomplish. I was going to go play at Rutgers and, you know, that I didn't need the extra spark because I knew that I wanted to wear the black and red one day. And then now, um, until I was in college, I didn't get to see the, the classroom side of it. I didn't get to see the education. And now recruiting guys, trying to get them on campus myself, it's, listen, we have a, we have a really good staff with a really good opportunity to play high-level baseball. Plus, you, it's, you're going to have a tough time convincing me there's a better degree out there um, that's not an Ivy League school. So, you know, one of the best business schools in the nation, a really recognizable degree with a huge alumni base that's going to get your name out there and get your foot in the door at a lot of places globally. Uh, there's value throughout Rutgers across the board, uh, classroom, athletics in the business world when, once you get to that point. And I wouldn't be able to really put a bow on this story if I didn't just give, you know, my parents the extra shout out that they deserve because, uh, much like I said earlier, Coach Hill didn't have to let me run around the dugout. I certainly, you know, my parents could have hired a babysitter, but instead, you know, they brought me to the rack to work with them every day. So just um, the opportunity there where, uh, you know, maybe it was by design for them where they were saying, listen, this is how it's going to go for you. I don't think so. I think they had a, they had as much passion about Rutgers then as I do now. And they, uh, you know, they exposed me to some pretty, incredible experiences that I couldn't have had otherwise. So just, just Ruck, yeah, Rutgers means everything to me and I'm incredibly thankful for the journey thus far. I think to be able to share it for them to be able to share them with you and your brother, I think that means the world to them too, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty cool that it's become a family affair. Absolutely. Our guest today is Eric Reardon getting ready for his first game as a coach at Rutgers, Rutgers Newark uh, this weekend. I'm certainly uh, excited to, to see Eric begin the next chapter in his career and, you know, see how uh, Rutgers Newark starts to take off and, and rebuild under uh, Coach Connor Cortman. Thank you so much for coming by, Eric. Uh, we appreciate it and, uh, you know, look forward to, to getting out to a game this year. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, it's been fun. And, yeah, look forward to seeing you, seeing you out there in the stands. Absolutely. That's it for our show today. We hope you enjoyed it and look forward to catching everyone next time on TGIM.